The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Last word on sport all the way to seven. We have an enormous amount to get through this evening. Let's start with football. Miguel Delaney, Chief Football Writer with The Independent is with us. And Tony Cascarino, a very attractive looking Carabao Cup final at Wembley on Sunday with Newcastle United up against Manchester United who have to be said Tony looked really good in the second half last night against Barcelona and were able to win without Marcus Rashford scoring as well how important might that be given that he's an injury doubt for Sunday? Well, I think the, the standout point for Manchester United, Matt, is the team. I know Rashford's done unbelievably well and there's a, a good few others, but they look a way more of an, not, I wouldn't say a, a complete team, but very close, where they're, every department's functioning really well. Uh, course, I think, is still don't seem, I don't feel the quality Man United player, but he serves a purpose in the team. Changes that were made by, obviously, Ten Hag made a massive difference in the second half. They're playing well in many, many games now, Matt, and there's an awe about them, a confidence that has given them a bit of a swagger to take on things. It's, I mean, I'm looking forward to the game purely because I know Newcastle have gone off the boil of late a little bit at a number of draws, but these two teams have had a really good match. If you go back over the last year, these two teams have had a lot of good results. Um, Miguel, for all the talk about the brilliance of the substitutions he's made, more goals off the bench than any other team in the Premier League, could that also imply that he hasn't been picking the right team to start with, that he has to change the team to get it to its best pitch? <laughs> well, it may, may be reflective of a work in progress in that sense, as he still works out what's best for Manchester United. He is very decisive. I mean, those, those substitutions, they don't come late in games. They tend to come very either at half-time or very early in half, which shows that Ten Hag is, is willing to rectify it very quickly. Um, and it's something that's been quite striking about him. I mean, one of the things I'm, I was at the game last night, and one of the things I noticed most about Manchester United, or sorry, I think one of the things that really stood out far more in this game than previous is how fast United were. It, it kind of reminded me of their '94 side with Kincelskis and Giggs, or even the 2008 side with Ronaldo and Rooney and Tevez going forward. But obviously, uh, a very modern incarnation. We spoke to Ten Hag about it afterwards, and he was he, he was kind of really effusive about this is what he wants. He wants speed. Uh, and it could be uh, something to watch with United for the future in two ways. Um, one, for how to develop. And two, because it could make them a pretty thrilling team. Tony, it's also interesting that you know he's shown himself to have a real sense of bravery in relation to decisions he's made. Not just Cristiano Ronaldo, the obvious one, bombing him out, but also dropping the likes of England centre-half Harry Maguire, who just looks an utterly peripheral figure at this stage. Yeah, Matt, I mean, look, a lot of his team are, are over, I say overperforming, are, are performing way better than they were in the past. I mean, even the likes of, I know he came off last night, Wamba Zaka, but his performances of late have been terrific for United. Fred in midfield. I mean, we, Matt, we've been ridiculing Fred of being the main Because he United took player. that goal well last night, didn't he? Yeah, he did, Matt, and, but he's one of a lot. You know, Martinez, he's had a game at, what, Bournemouth when he came into the team and United would just smash the pieces and Loads of people said he's too small to be a centre-half and he can't compete and he will get literally, you know, taken apart in the Premier League. None of this has materialised. If anything, Matt, Martinez already, he's like a little cult hero for Man United fans. And that's a common theme in every department of their side. And that's what's 
and I totally agree with Miguel on the pace of the team because they have accelerated their their pass of you know who receives it, where they get it, and where they go next. They do that way quicker than they've done certainly under previous managers, Matt. Now, Miguel, we have a Newcastle United team, which, as Tony has alluded to, has gone a bit off the boil in recent matches and lost against Liverpool the other night and had Nick Pope sent off, which means, and this is the most extraordinary story, Laureus Carius likely to be in goal for Newcastle, a man who would be never forgotten for what happened to him in the Champions League final of 2018. What can we expect from him? Could it be that he'll end up redeeming himself with a worldie? What sort of frame of mind is he likely to be in, given that he's played so little top-level football since that night? Well, that's it. It is one of those that kind of almost feels set up for an individual redemption story. Uh, but we kind of have no background to go on because, as you say, he's played so little football in the last few years. But he's likely to be busy, uh, given that this Newcastle team, it just I think we're probably beginning to see them level out after an admittedly impressive start to the season amid so much controversy over the takeover. I mean, it, and it, it should always go mentioned. I mean, for all Newcastle fans, we're obviously feeling excitement to back at, at Wembley. And it is an invidious position for fans to be in. But if they win, it's going to be used by the owners um, for all sorts of political reasons. That, that, that can't be overlooked. But as regards this game, it's interesting because obviously there's been this kind of this general criticism of Newcastle for the owners, and that's kind of fed into a kind of growing antipathy around the Premier League. They're, they're pretty unpopular as a team, and how has lent into that? And if we, I mean, there was there's even articles around the month ago about how this is a nasty team, how he was kind of drawing on kind of Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid, and that did play into this really resolute defensive record. But we're now kind of seeing the other side of that where he hasn't maybe struck the balance right because. They've only scored three goals in the Premier League in 2023 in seven games and only had one win. And the only game in 2023 where they've scored more than once was in the uh, the semi-final second leg against Southampton that got them here. So it, it does feel like it's going to be a game where that defence needs to be strong. But so much of that was, of course, based on Pope. So they'll be focused on Carrier, certainly. So, Tony, what do you think can Newcastle bring other than strong defence to this game? Well, I think they've got an amazing set-piece team. I think, you know, obviously the size of them and got, you know, people like Dan Byrne and Botman and Stantarach and Sharda can deliver, you know, get on the end of uh, crosses to get in. I, you know, I think they'll still do reasonably well towards the second part of the season. I think they've shown enough in the last year, Matt, not just this season, that this team has moved forward quickly. I like Joe Willick in midfield. I know he's not been playing of late, but I've always liked him. Um, Almond still chipping away and, go, and going. You know, it's it's a tricky one because I still I'm still not convinced that they need more up front. I do think they do uh, because Callum Wilson does get so many injuries, and as good as and powerful he can be, there was side that caused. I think they unsettle the opposition. They do it really well, but honestly, Matt Nick Pope's a big, massive kick to them. Because that's a that's a big loss. He's been terrific for them all season, and look, we all have a bit of sympathy in you know in our minds about someone like Carrius because he's a, his game that sort of the game that everyone wants to forget. He's never found redemption since then, Matt. He's been loaned off here and there, and ended up playing in Turkey and not really playing much. You know, it could be a even even you know without having two other goalkeepers, it's still a big call whether to play him. Oh, absolutely. It's one of the intriguing bits of the game. Let's move on to other things, though. Miguel, how are Liverpool going to respond to the humiliation at Anfield the other night when they go to Crystal Palace? 
Well, this is it because there had been that that slight sense that Liverpool were beginning to kind of psychologically at least get themselves back on track. I mean, it's interesting they played Newcastle last Saturday, obviously, and that game could have been a five-two given they went ahead early, uh, got the two goals, but were really dependent on on Allison uh, in the second half. Uh, and while there was maybe that sense they could kind of, it was one of those results that you grind out to get yourself back on track. The kind of maybe the uh, uh, positive uh, uh, mental outcome of that was going to be undone by the nature of Tuesday because initially it, it felt like that game was going to be just a continuation. We're going to see we're seeing the real Liverpool again for the first twenty minutes. They were brilliant as they went two 0 up, but even within that, there was. I remember early on in the game, Darwin Nunes had to get back and kind of make a crucial defensive header. There was the Robertson interception. And then it just began to come apart. Um, now, Madrid looked like champions of Europe. Uh, but then <laughs> how much of that was down to a laxness in Liverpool? Like, it was really concerning after they went, after they went to two all, really, where we just didn't see the same aggression. Liverpool, everything you associate with a Jurgen Klopp side as they continue to try and kind of find their feet this season. Um, and so it, it is a case at the moment where you don't really know what you're going to get against Liverpool. And, there's an argument that um, Palace haven't been brilliant lately. They've maybe kind of, they're not winning games they were earlier in the season. But Vieira still has a pretty um, pretty defiant side there. And it's maybe precisely the wrong game to be, to be going into on this kind of form. Yeah, but Tony, can you see Liverpool, given that softness that they showed in succumbing to Madrid, bouncing back against Crystal Palace? Well, honestly, Matt, I've been moaning about Liverpool season more than you've been moaning about your league. <laughs> I've been moaning, I've been moaning about Liverpool season, Matt, about how easy they are to play against. Everything is different about the way they play, the style of play that he wanted to keep, the high intensity. They can't seem to do it defensively. They're all over the place. There's certain players, Matt, that won't kick a ball. They'll, they'll, they'll be like Harris who won't play for Liverpool next season at all because I just don't see that. And, you know, Klopp, I don't think, can find an answer at the moment, Mac. I, I only feel, and this is my... I, I've been thinking a lot about this over the last few weeks. I can only see a really bad end of the season for Liverpool. And all this talk of they could still make the top four, I don't know what evidence anyone's got on it, because from what I'm seeing, they're the, one of the easiest teams to play against at the moment. They mightn't even make the Europa League. Uh, Miguel, Mark has kept telling me that Leeds are going to be all right. Uh, They have a new manager, Javi Gracia, who was once with Watford. From what you remember of him, does he look like a good eventual stopgap appointment? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Watford, he initially did so well at Watford that they thought he was going to be the coach to finally end this uh, a revolution of managers they've constantly got. Now, I, I interviewed him in September 2018. Funny enough, he's, he's from the same area of Spain as my mother. So we had a bit of a, a bit of a link there. But yeah, I found him a very engaging speaker, a gentleman, and a, and a good manager. I think he, he, like he's probably been Watford's most productive coach at the time. Got them to the uh, FA Cup final against Manchester City, of course. I mean, well, however that ended, I don't think that, that's any reflection on Watford or, or Gracia, given it was just a city at their peak and kind of going for the, going for the treble. And I would consider it quite a, a productive appointment from Leeds. Again, a little bit like Everton with Dice, if, like, if we're in different, a different style of football, I'd be quite uh, quite confident about Leeds end up uh, fairly comfortably now. I mean, you might want, well, you probably do want to hear that, Matt, but maybe you don't want the kind of the jinx of it. No, don't <laughs> want to tempt fate looking at it, but it has yeah. definitely given a little bit more confidence. Actually, Manchester City, of course, were in their pomp when they won that cup final. Another result in the week, Tony, which raised more questions about Guardiola, wasn't it? Having lost the lead in the, against Leipzig in the last 16 tie. 
Yeah, Matt, and some of his responses to questions are really, really awkward. They just, they feel like he's just trying to be, you know, confrontational in some way. And, you know, asking about, you know, obviously, again, the question over Haaland and the amount of touches he had in the game and, you know, City not, and then talk about playing nine strikers. And, you know, I, I just find he's really been spiky on every interview. And he's, he seems like he's edgy. And, um, look, they're a great side, Matt. Um, and what we saw last year at times was exceptional. They are not as good. And I don't want to point the finger at Haaland because I think the team is not as good, Matt. And I think you can also, you can say, well, why Diaz not, uh, Diaz not played as much as he should have? You know, I know he had a World Cup, but he, he's been left out of that team. He, he seems to have changed that back line so often. And it's a common thing with Guardiola. He seems to suddenly change his ideas. And you mentioned Foden last week. Yes, these ideas of players, he suddenly wants to change. And, and then he goes with the other, the other player that comes in for them and stays with them. It's a really... I don't know how you manage a group of players, Matt, when you're going to unsettle a number of them so often. And he has definitely changed things more this season than I can remember, Matt. One last one, uh, Miguel, I want to bring up with you. In Spurs and Chelsea on Sunday. And every time you're on, you tell us that Chelsea are going to stick with Graham Potter. But... If they were to get hammered by Spurs on Sunday, would that would they still stick with him? Well, the message from the club hasn't changed, and, he's, and, and until again, it suppose, changes, well, that, that's pretty much yeah. And I remember that with a famous one of those was in uh, the Jose Mourinho season, fifteen sixteen, after he won the title, and suddenly there was just this immense drop, and it, was, it got to the point where we were onto that kind of press department every single week. Any change, and it was. Nothing changed <laughs> until, as you say, it changes. The club are with them until they're not. Um, again, all of this is kind of complicated by the fact we've got no precedence here. We don't know how this new hierarchy are going to respond, especially given football is new to them as well. Uh, but they keep saying that you know this that it's an investment in the future. It was so Potter is an investment in the future as much as all the players. Mm. Uh, and and I, the one thing you would say about that, I suppose, is. It feels like they've pretty much written off the season. And if they've written off the season, then there is an argument, what will be the point in changing now? But clouding that, of course, is the fact that it feels like it's just beginning to get a bit toxic on the stands about Potter. He's not popular among supporters. It doesn't feel like there's that much um, will to give him space among, uh, not all Chelsea fans, obviously, but among a core. Okay, And that is beginning to uh, translate onto the stands. And this game is at um, uh, the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But if they go behind, we'll see how they react. I mean, I suppose maybe they're fortunate they're playing a bit of a bit of a strange Spurs side right now. Well, that is true. Well, I have to leave it there. Miguel Delaney from The Independent and Tony Cascarino. Thank you. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.